welcome to the Wayward Women Podcast. My name is Lara. And I'm Michelle. If you're wondering what the definition of a wayward woman is, well, I'm going to tell you. It's women who behave in unpredictable ways and are difficult to control. Ooh! Well, if that's the definition of wayward, we decided to count us in. We're both survivors of trauma and abuse that's occurred throughout our lifetime. So we hope to offer insight here through our own personal stories, as well as stories of inspirational guests. We want women and anyone who identifies as a woman to know you are not alone, you are not crazy, and guess what? You're a badass. Join us every week where we will be discussing a range of topics that we hope all women can identify with and topics no one should ever have to face alone. Hey everyone, it's Lara and Michelle with the Wayward Women podcast. Hey, hey, hey. How's everyone <laughs> doing out there? I act like you can answer me. I, hear, I imagine you're saying, I'm fine. It's a great day. <laughs> it is a uh, hundred and million here in uh, where we live. So we're dying of heat, but we are so happy to be here. <laughs> it's hot where we live, but we are so excited because speaking of hot, amazing, we have the most hot, amazing <laughs> guest on who has such an interesting connection to me and Michelle, and we're so excited to bring her on. So first of all, um, you guys had the treat of last week meeting Marie from Unbound Women. And da, 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 today we have Krista from Unbound Women. So she is the second part of three beautiful women in that group. So we're very excited to have her on today. Um, but the twist, the fun <laughs> twist is that... Krista is, well, my husband, soon to be ex-husband, and Michelle's also past abusive partner. It's his sister. And, hey. and she has been gracious and kind enough to want to come on and talk to you guys also about maybe her experiences with abuse or family of origin situations and she is one of our best friends and she is such a beautiful spirit she is my sister from another mister and i am i often remember krista we used to joke we'd say i swear i'd say the only reason i married your brother was so that we could be sisters and like we are sisters like we will always be sisters and so anyway i will let you go ahead and introduce yourself and kind of say what you do but i just wanted to give you that intro well, thank you. Yeah, I'm so I'm so happy to be here. And absolutely, I think that there's a little part of me um, that's always felt very connected to the both of you. You know, my brother, we were we were kind of just talking about this, but he has connected us so yeah. intimately with one another. Yeah. And um, yeah, I feel I feel very close to you and to Michelle. And it is just it's really great to be here today. We're so glad to have you. So, and I just want to pop in real quick and yes. just say thank you so much because I, <clears throat> it's the family's perspective is always really important too because I've met with so many people that struggle with their abusive partner's family because the family doesn't really always know what's going on behind closed doors. Um, and it's hard when it's your family member because you want to believe them when they say, oh, no. Like she's, that's not what happened, you know? And so of course, again, we want to believe why would our family member lie to us about that? And so mm -hmm. as the victim, you know, I, I, I felt crazy and I felt like the crazy 
girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, when I was talking to you about it, and sometimes family members will totally take the side of the abusive person, which makes so much sense to me, right? It's their, it's their family. I can't say that enough. And you were always so kind and so sweet and so supportive. And you really walked me through that. And I don't know that it was appropriate that I was like talking to you about it because you know, you're, it's your brother. You probably, but you probably I, didn't have anyone else to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I didn't know what was happening. Honestly, I thought it was me, but go ahead. I was going to say, actually, the way that I really remember it. And I think, you know, we met when I was what, 13 years old. Is that how old yep. I was? At the time? You were and how old are you now? I was, uh, well, now I'm 31. I to think <gasps> oh my God, I'm getting old. <laughs> that was so long ago. Oh my it's really God. But, but what I really remember is I think I knew on some level that we talked, but also because you caught me when I had entered into my first actual abusive relationship and you were, you were sharing a lot with me to try to help guide me out of that. And I remember, you know, I felt like I had lost my spark of who I was, even though, you know, I had only been dating this guy for a little bit. And so we would go on long hikes together. And I know that you shared parts of your relationship with my brother, but I think you were also shielding me because you did not want to sway me or make me think a certain way about him. So I think a lot of what you shared with me was very censored. And I remember feeling that way of, yeah, you, you told me a lot and we were really close and I know that you were open and honest with me, but I think there was a part of me that noticed that you, there might've been a lot more happening that you weren't quite sharing with me. And I always had mm. that in the back of my mind. And so when he started dating, you know, another person that was always in the back of my mind. And then when that blew up in flames and then started dating Laura, that was in the back of my mind. And it's so funny mm -hmm. because um, my brother and I had gone separate ways for a little while because he was forcing me to try to admit something that wasn't actually true about myself. And it was it was so strange. I was getting, um, just to give, is it okay to just go into a little bit of background? Please do. Yes, please. Yeah. And also, like when you're done, we wanted to hear about what you do for a living now and all of that, but please continue. Yeah, I would love to share that. Um, it was, it was funny because I think I started to notice that I also had my own abusive relationship with my, with my brother, because there was a point in time when I was getting really sick and ended up in the hospital. My stomach was always hurting. Um, and I just, I had a lot of digestive issues, which I now, it's so funny because I now have a whole program that's around anxiety <laughs> and gut health, right? With Marie, we've all met before. Yep. Um, but because there was so much, there was so much trauma that I didn't even realize that I actually had because, you know, it's always, well, somebody else has it worse than me. And, um, but what I noticed was when all of that was going on, my brother tried to convince me that I was bulimic and he kept on trying to tell me to get help. And I would tell him like, no, I'm, I'm like, it's not bulimia. Like I just have an upset stomach all the time and I'm trying to figure it out. And he was so adamant that that's what was happening and that I was in denial that he got really, he got really mean with it. And he really hurt me to the point where I backed off of our relationship together for quite some time because I didn't want to be told something was Your wrong. Truth? It wasn't actually, yeah, that, yeah, don't want to be told my truth. And I was, you know, I was like, there's no signs that I have bulimia. Like I'm not 
getting sick after a meal and there's nothing wrong with it. I know that it's just something that people mm-hmm. do um, that can be a compulsion. Like I know that, that there's, but it wasn't my truth. It wasn't right. what actually was happening. To me. Mm-hmm. So he, he basically forced me into admitting that's what it was or then he wouldn't talk to me at all. And every time we talked, it was like, you need to admit this. And it was just like, Cause no, he knows, is- he knows you better than you know yourself. Right. And we had gone, we had parted ways for a little while until he started dating you. And then honestly, our reconnection happened because I saw that he was dating you and my mind immediately went to, wow, this is one of the most amazing humans I've ever met. If she's interested in my brother, that's got to be saying something about him that maybe I've missed for quite some time. Thank you for saying that. That's so interesting because actually I've shared before and I'd like, it's interesting because I think the listeners might find it interesting that when I met him, I didn't know he had a sister and we were dating for probably months. And I, and he said something about me and my sister. And I was like, I thought he was messing with me. I'm like, you have a sister. What do you mean you have a sister? And he said, Michelle stole my sister away. Bad Michelle. Michelle, how dare you? Oh, you should see how many sisters I go out there and steal. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so fun to steal sister. It's my favorite, favorite, favorite thing to do. Yeah. You sister stealer <laughs> witch. No, but it was. It was but I remember saying, "You have a sister." Like, and then it was like, "Well, yeah, I, you know." But then you were moving, you know, out of the area shortly after that. So I, I was so glad that I got to know you, because as soon as I met you, I remember catching an abusive moment where there was like a goodbye part dinner for you. And it was like, I'm not privy to the things going on in the family and I'm watching your brothers. Everybody. It was even my mom. She was doing it with the best of intentions, but everybody in my family was telling me how I was going to fail and why this was such a bad idea, how much I wasn't going to like my family up here. Um, I was moving, I was moving with a partner at a time. And I remember you told me later on, Lara, that he basically sat there just looking so uncomfortable while all of this was happening. Oh, your partner at the time was just looked like he wanted to like punch your brother in the face, but he didn't Mm -hmm. because it's your family. And I remember feeling really uncomfortable myself and then I remember going to use the restroom I could actually cry when I tell the story because you were crying I could hear crying and I'm like so I went and found you and I'm like this is really my first time meeting you and I'm like are you okay and you were like yeah I'm okay you're like I'm just having some quiet time and I was like well I know we don't know each other but I just want to let you know that everything your family just told you is bs and you're going to have an amazing adventure. And if you don't like it, you can just come on back. But you, I was and- so incredibly grateful for you in that moment. That was the moment where I think I realized, um, like, wow, I don't know where I would be without you. That yeah. was, and I felt that way about you too, Michelle. It's you both have gotten me through really big parts of my life. Like it's actually kind of wild when I think about it, how yeah. much the both of you have helped me through kind of see the light through some of these things. And, you know, I, I really put together that here's, here's one of my huge realizations that I had was recognizing that I think my brother was my first abuser and it showed up in a lot of different ways that I assumed was just normal brother and sister relationships of, you know, pinning my other brother and me against each other all the time. And even, 
and like, you know, forcing me to drink my first beer and locking me in a bathroom until I finished a 40 when I was yeah, 13 which years that's old. like not, a, first of all, that's not normal. That's not normal. Of all, that's not a normal size beard to ask a 13 year old no. to drink while they're no. locked away in a room. And there were, there were so many things like this happening and my family was a lot more of a mess than I actually knew because, you know, I think I've always just had this very natural optimism of everybody's always looking out for each other and this is my family. And even when I met you, Michelle, I remember there was a journal entry that I wrote. I think I've, I've shared this with you, but there was a journal entry I wrote and it was basically like, how could my brother like, you know, introduce me to this person and just act like it's okay. And she's stealing him away from me. And he like, it, it was almost kind of like he had instilled the sense of jealousy within me of like, you're great. But now that I've met Michelle, she's a little bit better. And, and so it instilled this like competition in me of like, yeah. well, I got to get my brother back. Like I have to make him love me more again. Like how dare this person come in and it wasn't until Lara and I talked about this, I think at the end of last year where mm. I realized like, Oh, that's not a normal reason to have. And that's when, a thing. And it's not that's, just, that's a thing called triangulation. Like it's actually yeah. a manipulative tool that people use called triangulation. And it, it wasn't, it wasn't just the normal, like, Oh, I'm losing my brother. This is his first like real relationship. Like it wasn't, it was a mixture of that, but it was this deep seated, like, hatred of, I don't even know this person, but I know that now I, I need to be scared and now I need to like show up my best way. Like, can you imagine that as a 13 year old feeling like you have to compete for your brother's love? Like that's such a weird feeling. Well, I, I, I think your brother was really good about placing the loved ones near him on a pedestal because when I met him, he was just like, you're the best sister ever. And obviously you are and that you're beautiful and that you're smart. And like, just like going on and on about how I was scared to meet. I was intimidated because I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to meet this girl. And she's like, so amazing. And I don't know what she's going to like me. All those things that go on in my head. And I met you and you're like strikingly beautiful. And I was just like, ah, but it's interesting because, you know, as time moved on, obviously you and I became closer and I, I, I things started like you're, you're reminding me of things that I forgot about. First of all, I totally forgot that you had stomach issues. Totally. I remember that too. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. And so, you know, the fact that we had Marie on um, last week from mm -hmm. Unbound Women was talking about that. And I learned a lot from her mm -hmm. um, and also like, you know, you, you would always, you hid in your bedroom a lot. Like, I didn't understand why you were always in your bedroom. And like, I think that's normal for teenagers, but it was like, that was where you felt safe and you made it like your, your comfortable little kind of like cave, you know? Mm -hmm. And I would go in there and I would talk to you and, and you would be like, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk. And you would just shut it down because, you know, I, I don't know why. I, I imagine that it was probably brought up too much talking about the impacts of what you were experiencing in the home you were experiencing mm -hmm. them in, like feeling powerless. Mm -hmm. Wow. I, I don't think I even realized that until you said that out loud, but yeah, that's, and it's, it's my go-to. I don't know if that's it, but that's, no, yeah. it's, it's really on point because it's my go-to coping mechanism. Even as of today, I'm very much more aware of it now, but I, I hide away and it is my way of, 
like almost kind of like harboring my power because I yeah. felt I did. I felt so powerless in my home growing up. And this is, it's kind of cool because it actually gave me a really great skill of people pleasing. And I've got, I got really good at not wanting to step on anybody's toes. Cause I had, you know, explosive anger in my brothers. My dad was a wild card. And so was my mom for a lot of it. My mom was definitely my, one of my biggest supports, but that family dynamic was, a lot more chaotic than I think I even knew. And so when I got into my first relationship, it was like, yes, rescue me from this home. And I don't even think I really knew of it like that. But then when that one ended up being abusive, which doesn't surprise me, I had a lot that I needed to heal in that area. And it makes sense that I was attracted um, to my first two long-term partners, but it was essentially like, get me out of this home, save me. And then when that didn't work out, um, my next one, the one that I moved up to Seattle with was the same concept of like, I'm just ready to be fully accepted and taken care of. And, you know, um, and then when that one didn't work out, that was when I really took some time to get to know myself. And I recognized that a lot of my stomach aches, a lot of my anxiety, a lot of my people pleasing came from this like needing to be this perfect image of myself to not step on anybody's toes, mm -hmm. to make sure that I was safe. It was a way to protect myself. Mm -hmm. And I still do it. I still hide away and don't want to talk when I need to process, but I'm much more aware of it now. And I'm much more communicative about it with my current partner. But it's also a lot of these traumas and things that I developed when I was younger, they've given me the tools and resources to be who I am right now. So that people pleasing led me to be able to read energies and led me to be able to really know how a human is actually feeling because I was so good at paying attention because it meant that's and how that's I stayed survival. safe, right? That is actually, that's I just want to say, too. I just want to say something really quick for listeners because I just love that you shared that because I think that is the key that so many of us in experiencing abusive relationships, whether it's romantic or family of origin, it's most of the time our behaviors and coping skills are just about surviving. Mm -hmm. And so we become quiet. We become the perfect person. We do everything. We want to get all the good grades. We want to make dinner perfect. Whatever stage of mm -hmm. life you're in, you want to do it all right and do it. And it's very because that is what gets us love. It not only keeps us safe, but it earns us love. So mm -hmm. that's like, yeah. you're just so courageous. So I, sorry, I interrupted you. Michelle and I interrupt each other. No, you're all fine. The all the time. All the time. <laughs> I gotta jump in like double dutch. Like, um, she, she has to do the thing. Um, well, and I was just gonna say like, I love how you framed it saying, you know, that's, it worked out for me because people pleasing has helped me, you know, be able to read energies and, you know, and I, I like that better than saying hypervigilance because I have a hypervigilance, right? But I've also talked about how that's benefited me in so many ways because I'm super intuitive and I can read rooms. I can read people when mm -hmm. I'm like really trying to. And so I love that you said that that's a gift. And I think, you know, you had said that, you know, you're, you're in these two relationships and it made sense, you know, that you were attracted to them. But I just want to remind you and listeners that, we don't get into these relationships knowing they're abusive. They're very charming in the beginning, it, but also like they, they target vulnerable uh, people. And like, we're all vulnerable throughout our lives. I say this all the time, but it's true because I don't want someone to be like, Oh, so I'm vulnerable. So that means mm -hmm. I made myself a target. No, because we're all vulnerable at different times in our lives and will continue to be. And something that I thought about is 
you know, I wondered, first of all, it sounds like, you know, fight, flight, freeze, flight is like the coping, right? Keeping yourself mm-hmm. safe. But also that I wonder too, what I observed in your family, because, you know, your dad and I were pretty close and that I wonder part of that too was those very rigid gender roles that were embraced within your family dynamic, like how they spoke about women. And so you being a people pleaser, you know, makes sense because first of all, the trauma protecting yourself, but also these very rigid gender roles that your father and your brothers, I don't know so much about your younger brother, um, not younger than you, but younger than your brother that we're talking about. This is way too much information, but um, (laughs) I, because he was never around because that was his survival technique, right? Uh So um, I just think that I I was wondering if that was a part of it too. And also having, I'm guessing you probably have PTSD. And then one more thing and I'll shut up. Is your first abusive relationship that you had, I remember was your first sexual experience. Mm -hmm. And so- you know, I, I read a study, I cannot find it. I was kind of trying to look on it, that there's more of a connection when you have sex at a young age um, because your brain's still developing. And so not only do you have the abuse, but then you have that intense bond because that was your first sexual experience. So that's it, all what I was thinking about. Oh yeah, all of that just completely hits at home. And it's, it's really crazy to me because um, there's parts of when you said like PTSD, like I, I don't think it's nearly as intense as it was in my first couple of relationships, but, um, the, the partner that I'm dating now, um, he is actually just such a good reminder of what healthy love looks like to me. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's one of those, like, wow, like there was so much that I considered what love was until I met him. And then it turned into like, oh my gosh, like that's a whole different ballgame. You mean this isn't how you treat people you love like that? And it just blew my mind. But there were still so many moments where that PTSD would come up. And especially if we got really triggered in an argument, like I I can't even describe the number of times when we first started dating where I was just like, I got to pull back and I've got to protect myself and nothing is going to like penetrate this barrier. Like I am just like I, I need to protect myself and he's just over here like wanting to connect and like figure out what's going on in our argument and I'm just like hard no I've literally already broken up with you in my mind like back away and <laughs> how extreme that is from his perspective of just like wow this is just an argument that we're going to work through and so much stronger and I'm over here like what am I going to do I need to like I need to find a new place to live like what am I going to do with a like mm-hmm. I've got to get all my stuff out like I'm not safe anymore and it always goes back to me not feeling safe but and- that's so interesting because my therapist was always reminding me that like that's the information that was programmed into your mind and so at that time that was the information that you knew you know yeah and it's it happens it happens a lot even to this day I have so much more awareness around it now but when I think about you know growing up in the household like I was always needing to you know, listen for things to make sure like when it was okay for me to go out into the kitchen to grab something, like if my brother- I remember that you would come out at odd times, whoa. Mm -hmm. And I still- that's powerful. Like that still is something that is ingrained in my mind of, you know, we've got, we've got some roommates living with us right now and they're lovely people. They've never done anything to make me feel unsafe, but every once in a while I just listen and I'm like, okay, there's people in there right now. Like I need to wait until they're done so that then I can go out. I don't want to get on any, I don't want to step on anyone's toes. And it's so interesting. 
it's still you're it's still so some... courageous i just want to say like you're so i i hope you don't mind and if you're not comfortable with me sharing this i'm not trying to interrupt you but i just want listeners to know that i tell krista this all the time that you are one of the people that inspire me so much and like you have such this inner strength and like when you and your part abuse not not abusive but you didn't have a great relationship with the partner you moved with. And when you and he split, you made the decision to just learn to love you. And like, I remember walking on that journey journey with you, just like we would just talk on the phone and like process and like watching you learn, like you took a couple years, just like three years, I think three years, like where like you had shared with me, like, you just needed to love you and you were getting to the point where you were just learning how to be okay with your own company and find hobbies and find things that you wanted to do and things that you liked about yourself and that when you would try to like put your dip your toe in the water of dating you would maybe feel you know insecurity or whatever and you'd go nope I'm not ready and like you just you processed through so much on your own without the help of a coach or a therapist, it blows Such my mind point, because I, I was literally telling one of my girlfriends today, I'm like, I have spent tens and thousands of dollars on therapy. And I sometimes go, I don't know how I could have done this without a therapist. And I think you intuitively just knew like you got to this point where you were like I just know what I need to do and you just did it and it like literally blows my mind and that is one of the reasons and we can talk more about this later on the podcast but I just that to me is like anyone who's listening and is considering unbound women like you are Krista is the coach the mindset coach that Marie talked about last week and it's like if you have any doubt of trusting Krista, like this girl is so healing and so empowering and so intuitive and you were so courageous, like everything you went through, it breaks my heart to know that you're just this sweet girl. And you were just, I mean, I could remember moving back when we moved back into your childhood house, finding drawing books that you had like drawn little flowers and wrote your name and like, third grade writing it was just so cute and like just to, to picture this little this child growing up in chaos and look at where you are today so I just wanted to say that because you are just such a beautiful spirit and such and a- very humble like you meet her and she lights up a room like you have the most beautiful smile and you just provide this very light energy and I'm glad that you're working on your healing and you managed through all that trauma i don't know how in the hell you did it but you managed to smile all the time stay positive like i don't know how the hell you did that um that's incredible and like just a humble person because trauma makes us second guess ourselves you know you used to second guess yourself around things because you didn't have that support you needed to say you could do this you know and i know your mom did that at times and she was your advocate but you know, she had her own stuff going on. And so even like, I'm sure going into this, you were second guessing yourself about coaching when like you're have so much to offer, mm-hmm. but that trauma tells us, well, what if I'm too young or what if I don't know enough or what if I don't have the right education? And it's like the trauma, it's even more because we've not been supported in the ways that we really needed. 
I really, I really appreciate both of you saying that so much. That brought so much tears to my eyes. It, would, <laughs> it actually kind of reminds me of what it is that got me into wanting to be the mindset coach that I am today is because I recognize that so much of the time I was always putting on the happy face of everything's fine over here. And so much so that I don't even think I knew I had trauma. I just knew that I've had a couple of like hard moments mm-hmm. in my life. And, um, but I had no idea why I was always walking on eggshells, why I didn't know who I was. And when I took that time after that, you know, second relationship, like you were saying, Laura, to really get to know myself, it was because I had no idea who I was. I didn't know what I liked. I was always used to being told, you know, whether it be from my brother telling me what kind of music I needed to listen to because the other stuff I liked wasn't good. Mm-hmm. You know, such small things like that, that just piled up to the point where it was just like, well, I need to double check with anybody before I try to take on a new part of my personality. I need to make sure it's okay. Wow. That wasn't working for me anymore. And so I spent... I spent three years, you know, living by myself and letting myself cry to sad movies and paint and not paint well because I'm not a great painter, but you know, I was for where I was at and I would listen to music that really made me happy, that it didn't matter what anybody else thought of it. And for a while there, there was nobody telling me who I needed to be. And that was the most freeing I think I've ever felt. And even today, um, you know, I have the most amazing partner and I'm still constantly needing to double check with him to make sure I'm doing something okay. And he'll catch me on it and say like, why do you need my approval for that? And then I'll have a little breakdown and say, whew, I have no idea. Like, you are right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Why. You're, I, I don't need it. You're right about that. That's amazing. I He is so wonderful. And I wanted to share with listeners like because we always kind of try to remind our listeners when we have this trauma, whether it's from our childhood or relationships, and a lot of times childhood trauma leads us to traumatic relationships because we interpret that chemistry, which is really unhealed trauma. We interpret it as like sexual chemistry, but um, we go through life with trauma goggles on. So everything is filtered through these, this lens of, Ooh, I need to, I need to make myself really small so that no, I don't get in anyone's way. And like, I went to visit you and your partner a few months ago or however long ago. I remember we were sitting talking and I was, I started to get really stressed because of my trauma going, oh my gosh, what if, oh my gosh, what if he's going to be mad because she and I have been talking for like two hours now and And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I remember when he walked into the house with his tool belts, I was just like, my, my, my heart went into my throat. Like it was like, oh my gosh, he's going to be so angry right now. And I remember just you, you caught it and you said, I could kind of feel like your energy shifted. Are you okay? And I was like, I just, do you think that you're, you know, he's okay. We've been talking this long. And, and I just started sobbing because it was so triggering for me that like maybe he would be upset that I had taken you away from him for so long because that's what I was used to. And well, I just I remember you, he immediately walked through the door and you mm-hmm. said um, like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like you can, you can have her back. Like we were just talking like, yeah. and almost like making an excuse for us just hanging out on the couch and having a regular conversation. You were staying with us at the time. And then once he was just like, no, you guys are fine. Take all the time you want. And I know yeah. that 
that also came up multiple times when we'd be on the phone together. You'd always say, you know, tell him I'm so sorry that I took up all of your time. And it was just like, he's fine. I don't know what he's doing, but he's fine. Trust me, he's, <laughs> he's finding something to take care of. There's yeah. some project that he's probably building around this house right now. Yeah, well, and I remember him coming up and hugging me and just giving me a hug and saying, yeah. Krista can do whatever she wants and so can you. And there's none of that in this household. And I was just like, and it's and like all tears came out at that point. That was like, yeah. that was a really big moment when we realized how triggered we were in that. But you experienced that same stuff mm -hmm. and, and because you were, you essentially in a different way, but you experienced a lot of the same stuff that me and Michelle experienced because it was the same person. And, and it's hard to, it was hard for me to recognize that because I wasn't in a relationship with him. Right. So it was just like, what's just normal brother and sister relationship. What does that look like? And um, I think that's kind of what led me to recognize what kind of coach I wanted to be and why I wanted to be a coach was because we spend a lot of our time, like we had said earlier, like putting on that happy face and being this version of ourselves that's accepted by society. And I wasn't always super happy. I was really sad. I was really scared. I felt really alone in a lot of life and I didn't feel like I had anybody who understood who I was um, because I didn't know who I was. And so a huge thing that I coach to now with, with a lot of women um, and guys too, of course, but is recognizing that our emotions have a place. And I think that I got really hooked on kind of like what did of <laughs> kind of um, the, sorry, I didn't mean to laugh there. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got quiet Puppies. <laughs> Um, but let me, let me back up for a second. Um, I, I recognize that same feeling that you experienced when my partner walked through the door and said, you know, like, Oh, you guys are fine. Go ahead and talk as long as you want. And there was just like this eruption of emotion you had that you were trying to suppress down and just say, mm -hmm. I'm fine. Everything's great here. And the second we prodded at it for a minute and said, what's actually going on? Like, where did that come from? It was just like instant tears. And it was something that you needed to let out and release and heal from. And if that's one it's thing. so interesting. Cause like started to interpret like a, that happened with her and I when we were hiking. She thought she was in trouble because she didn't feel comfortable going down this really deep, deep incline. And she thought I was going to be mad at her. And I came up and I was like, I'm not mad. Like, that. If, if you shouldn't do anything you're not comfortable with. And she was like so convinced that I was going to be angry. And so that was it's so interesting. And like the healing that Lara has done is so magical and beautiful I can't even express mm -hmm. to see you know there's this funny quote I think I, it says something like yeah sure sex is great but have you ever watched a, your best friend find her worth it's yeah. just like boom yeah um, and I think too like when you talk about you know that was so powerful for so when you said that you would check in with people to adjust to what they wanted and I bet that was very much how you had to show up in your family because it is like walking on eggshells. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, dad's in a good mood today or he's drunk and he's feeling happy so I can be happy. And then or like, oh, it doesn't feel good. Maybe I can make everybody happy and maybe I can bring mm -hmm. in the happiness or uh, I'll just go hide in my room. Or So, so you're like constantly having to adjust. And I wonder 
do you do you still feel like you have to carry that happy torch all the time well yeah that's that's kind of um i think that's kind of the biggest thing that i've come to terms with is you know if i am not if i am actually making waves because i want to stand up for myself or because i need to express that i am not happy it i've gotten hit with some huge some huge blows because of it i've lost a few of my family members because i've needed to tell them that my boundaries are being stepped on and i i need to have a different dynamic and i've lost them and so that's been the hugest part of my journey is like i you don't always need to be happy and sometimes mm. there's other emotions that are there sometimes there is boundaries that need to be put in place sometimes it's gonna hurt and um that i think that's the single biggest reason of why i love coaching is because i provide this space for people to show up exactly as they are and you know like what is that emotion like what's going on there and really kind of feeling out what's going on underneath this like happy persona right yeah. of I always need to be on. I always need to make sure I'm okay. And I can't tell you how many clients I've had that have said, well, this happened and da, 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 but it's fine. It's whatever. And it's like, it's not fine. It's not whatever. It's yeah. that's and it's something. Okay. It's okay to say it's, okay. it's not fine. Oh my God. I didn't know, like, I'm just now hearing about your growth and your healing. And it's just, like, I can't even tell you how <laughs> She's awesome amazing. that is. I, I, like, I, well, it's like, I, I, it's nice to know that like, you know, that now and you're teaching other people that, and I think there's a connection between you and Laura. And as far as like being the people pleaser, because what's interesting is you, when you start setting boundaries, just because we know how to do it doesn't mean it's comfortable, but then family members are probably like, what the fuck? We want the old people pleaser back. Like, yep. who is this broad? You know, like, who's this, who's this? boundary how dare you and you're feeling like uncomfortable but knowing you're doing the right thing because we're not used to it and I saw that happen too with your brother and Laura because you know you were telling me Laura how he would say like you used to just do what I told you to and now you always want to argue and like yeah you know I always wanting that control and that power and that was very evident in your family and again like mm -hmm. you know this isn't bag on your brother hour but it, it's how the family <laughs> dynamics played played out because you know he learned it from your father and that doesn't it's still a choice it doesn't make it okay but just to be able to come here and talk to the listeners and us about your brother good like i know i hear that you're healing and you're coming to terms with a lot but it doesn't mean this is easy yeah there's so been multiple multiple times too where i think i have said to her like is this okay that she was, you, you were the first person that I unloaded to on the truth of what was happening. And it was before I left, maybe six months before I left. You were the first person. We talked on the phone that one day for like three hours and I just spilled the beans and told you everything that had been happening. And well, how do you feel about too? Sorry, I, Laura, Laura, I was just going to ask like, Krista, how do you feel about have, like talking about him in this way? So I, I think I have a little bit of a, I don't mean to make light of it on any level, but I feel like I've got a slightly different perspective of, um, I know Lara's heard me talk about this all the time, but soul contracts and, you know, what we come here, what is our, what is our purpose, what we're, what we're healing from. I, I love looking at life as there's nothing good or bad. It's just a catalyst that either helps you heal 
or keeps you where you're at until you're ready to heal. And so a lot of the time, um, I don't think that it hits me as, you know, like we just said, we're not, we're not harping on him. There's nothing wrong with who he is. He is, he's chosen this persona and this is how he's dealing with his trauma. And the more that I like reached into it, um, you know, my mom and dad both had really traumatic upbringings with their mom and dad. So really, I did not know that. I didn't know that until this last year. And I finally asked my mom about it and she, they had really traumatic upbringings. And so the cycle just continues, right? Where they're doing the best that they can in the moment with the resources they have. And every once in a while, someone will come across like I did and just say, this is not okay anymore. I want to go a new way. I don't want to. So when I look at it, it's, it's not like I think my brother has done anything wrong. And I'm not making excuses for abusers because obviously it's abuse, but I do see it as, wow, look at this, look at this catalyst in place for, for your growth, Michelle, for Lara's growth and to Mm -hmm. see who you both are now because you've had to overcome so much. And, and it's kind of the same thing that I feel of, I wouldn't be the coach that I am today without having gone through all this. (laughs) go through this huge journey of finding myself, I wouldn't have the same abilities that I have to this day. And, you know, you both might not have the same ability to connect with women the way that you do, you know, to do this podcast without having this common denominator. So I, so that being said, I'm not making any excuses for him, but I do see the value in, in looking at this from a perspective of growth and healing. And so it doesn't, it doesn't hurt me to talk about it. It doesn't uh, make me uncomfortable. It's just, it's the human experience, right? We are all here to grow and to learn and to heal things. And I, I really believe that at like the deep part of my soul that everything is here to be a healing catalyst. This it's just- Well, I think there can be many, many things can be true at once, right? We can have different perspectives and we can see you know, the, the half full part of the cup. And I think that there, and this, this, this podcast is so critical because, you know, I think it's important that people don't have to go through this mm-hmm. to find themselves, to find their worth. To, right. And so maybe that's part of it too. Like we're also the catalyst to change of like, Hey, this isn't normal. And like, you can, you can be, healthy and happy and you don't have to go through trauma to come out Mm -hmm. better on the other end. It's more like trying to, you know, prevent, you know, as best as we can, but also I see the positive too. Like I wouldn't be the person I would be today without all of the trauma throughout my life. I don't think I should have had to go through it to get to this point, but if I, yeah, but if I'm going to, you know, look at, I don't want to be stuck and feeling depressed or whatever because it's it's a slippery slope for me so to look at it like wow look at all these things that have come from this i think that's a really good way of looking at it because either i could get stuck in and be my life sucks i hate everyone that's not helpful i want to help others and lara wants to help others you want to help others you know what's really cool about what you just said is that like we're here so that others don't have to go through this Mm -hmm. and that is so evident even just the other day lara we had a conversation i was telling you when i when i first broke up with uh, my second 
guy that I moved up to Seattle with and I would start to, you know, date somebody or like get somebody's number. And then I would find myself completely abandoning who I was. And all of a sudden I was focused on this one person messaging me back and my whole, you know, I went from like having fun dance parties with myself to like, then just sitting on a couch, like, why, why won't he message me back? Like, what did I do mm-hmm. wrong? And I would just sink back into that, like, completely yes. so focused on this other person and forgetting about myself. Yeah. And then I would have this like, oh shoot, like I totally forgot about myself again. Like I need to go back and take care of me again. And then I would like fall off that train, but I did it so many times over and over again. And I noticed that like, I would be loving myself. And then all of a sudden another guy would come into the mix and it was just this immediate, well, how do I get and... to really love me? And it was so funny because I went through years of that, of not really being able to really like navigate through it, but then figuring it out. And Laura just told me the other day, is it okay to share this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She she met somebody and immediately oh, found herself. No. <laughs> and and this was just somebody that she described as like it was a really fun night and you know it's not she wasn't looking yeah. for the next love of her life but it was somebody who was attractive and was interested and she found herself like completely abandoning herself almost instantly mm-hmm. and then it turned into like why won't this person message me like what do I do mm-hmm. like I need to go buy a new outfit for him and it was just like complete abandonment of where she was at and she actually had the aha moment probably a couple hours afterwards and was like, Krista told me about this. Yes, I had the aha moment because I was like, Krista went through this. And if you hadn't shared that with me, I don't know that I would have caught it. So I was so grateful for that you had been open with me about that because it was like, and I tried to call her and she was camping and I was like, no, I know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but how cool is that? But yes. that's like exactly what it is. Like, yeah, it's not fair to go through an abusive situation and it's not, nobody deserves it. Nobody, you know, is, they didn't attract their abuser because of something they were doing consciously. Oh, I love like, that you not, said that. Yeah. There's no, there's no blame to be given. And there's also, there's no blame to be given on the abuser as well. And I feel really strongly about that because I think we're all just doing the best that we can with the resources we have. And this is, this is our space to be able to share this with other people so that they can then recognize and say, Oh, you know what, this abusive relationship, this isn't for me anymore. And now I can choose to walk away from that. Maybe I can choose, maybe I've got resources now mm-hmm. that'll help me get away from this. Well, and, I, I yeah, think, or, or like figuring out ways to be strategic in leaving because yeah. it's not really about a choice to leave. Sometimes people are stuck and it isn't their choice and not to like correct like, you or anything. I just, I don't know that, totally. Thank but you I that. hear yeah, no, no problem. And I, 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 but I know what you're saying. It's like, oh, now I know I have this wisdom. What are my next steps? Whether it's I'm, yeah. I got to stay for another year or I, you know, I'm undocumented. I don't know what options I have. Maybe mm-hmm. there's resources out there, but, um, I was thinking too about like in the home having, you know, in the home and adjusting in that way, as far as, you know, we we're talking about how we automatically lose ourselves because that's so my, that's such my thing. <laughs> that's my jam. Um, it's like getting so hyper-focused on this person. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking like, I wonder if that's because like in the home, when we were walking on eggshells, uh, the abusive person in the home and you had multiple in your home would um, be in a good, a good mood. And, and we'd be like, Oh, cool. Yeah. They're in a good mood. And then, all of a sudden they'd lash out at us and be like, what, Oh, what did I do wrong? Like what Mm -hmm. happened? And then we're trying to like get them back to that good mood and feel responsible for it. And so it makes so much sense that that would go 
into a relationship as a survival technique. Right. I asked my, I asked my therapist about this. I just want to share this quickly for listeners. I'd asked my therapist, um, like, why did I, you know, I had a lot of red flags in the beginning of this relationship. You know, why did I pursue it and go through with it anyways? And actually, Krista, you really helped me coach around this because remember the letter that I found, like I'd found a letter that I'd written and we had a coaching session and you really helped me process through like, like I was so upset. Like I knew before I even married my husband, like that things were off and he was not right. And we talked a lot about just unhealed trauma and like unhealed trauma, like will always trump logic. Like it's just the way our brain is wired. And until we fix, not fix, we don't have to fix ourselves, but until we start to heal our beliefs about ourselves from that trauma, we will always continue to choose that path because it's what our brain knows. So it's like the path of least resistance. And so really, I think that's what's so cool about people getting the opportunity to work with you. You know, it's like something and that's why I think your guys' program is so special because like Marie had said, brought up something last in the last episode of um, that it boils down to safe or unsafe. Am I safe or am I unsafe? Am I safe or am I unsafe? And And it's our our job as human beings to be safe. And if being safe means we need to pretend, then we're going to pretend to be happy. We're going, or like you said so many powerful things today about like how in your childhood you would tiptoe out in the kitchen or, you know, a lot of the things you did in your family of origin were how Michelle and I existed in our relationship with your brother. You know, like it was like, again, not to paint him as a monster, but just like any person who is, has those abusive tendencies, we tiptoe around, we read moods, we try to feel people out, we try to make ourselves small, we try to, you know, we just, we do those things. And until we really shift our beliefs um, and realize we can make ourselves safe, you know, like Marie had said, it's like not just safe of like, oh, I'm in my house, I'm safe now. It's like bigger than that. And so I love that's like when you come in with the coaching part and really help people to learn tools also to feel safe in their beliefs with themselves. Because until they, again, shift those beliefs, they're always going to revert back. Right. And it's, it's so powerful what you said too, of there's nothing to fix. Because that's really important because I think a lot of the time, a lot of people that I coach, my own self included, I have my own coach. A lot of the time I'm trying to say, I don't want to, I don't want to be this way anymore. I don't want to feel this way. And I should be this other way. Like, mm-hmm. let's, let's get me there. Like I need to be this other version of myself. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time it's not about fixing or trying to be a new version of yourself. It is shedding layers of limiting beliefs that don't serve you anymore because that's, that's a huge oh program is recognizing that, yeah, you might have had this stuff come up. Maybe you still have it active of why you don't feel safe, but is it, you know, is it still serving you to think this way? And if, mm-hmm. if so, then that's, that's okay. Then we'll, then we'll work around that. Maybe there's a reason that you, maybe there's a benefit of why you're still feeling and thinking this way. Like, let's just uncover it so that there's a new level of awareness that you don't need to fix it until you want to fix it or, you know. Yeah. It's nice it. to not feel broken and just mm-hmm. like, Oh, nothing's wrong with me. I'm just feeling. Um, yeah, like there's, and there's I'm really wrong with the healing journey. Well, I want to, I want right. to ask Krista absolutely, something. and I'm wondering too, Krista. That sorry, I just wanted to ask this: uh, what kind of approach do you use with people? Like, what 
what do you do in your role? So um, I'm, I'm what they call an ontological coach. And so that's basically coaching to the way of being. And so basically whatever somebody brings to, especially like in our, in our um, business of Unbound Women, we have these wonderful women who join our 12 week um, program where they get the body, mind and soul. I know Marie talked about this a little bit. And as a coach, I meet with them once a week and whatever they bring to the table, whether it's relationships or their job or just their relationship with themselves, whatever it is, I listen to what they're saying underneath what's actually being said. So I do listen to their language about themselves, their language that they use in general, their tone. Um, I usually meet over Zoom, so a lot of their body language. And a lot of it is what I've noticed and so I come in kind of with saying like, well, what if you just accepted this version of yourself? Mm-hmm. What if there were, you know, a lot of people feel like there's a lot of right or wrong when they speak, right? Of, I don't want to do this thing because then I'm going to, I'm going to do it incorrectly, or I'm scared to do anything in life because I don't want to do it wrong. Or, and then it's like, also a lot like mindfulness work too. Very mm-hmm. similar. It's, it's very similar. I'm not sure if I'm explaining it very well, but it's, there's a lot of, being able to kind of reflect back what these women are saying about themselves and what does it actually mean to them? Because a lot of the time when we get down underneath it and we get into the layers of it, a lot of the time it's just these beliefs that sound like airy fairy and they grab onto because it makes sense to them, but that's not actually something they believe. And so we kind of like dissect and can you give us an example? Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. So for example, um, actually, I'll just use an example about myself um, that I had with my own coach who does a really similar coaching style. Um, I have been, I've been coaching probably, I think, close to 11 or 12 people a week these days, which is, it's a lot for me, mm-hmm. especially because I'm very introverted and I need a lot of time to recharge. And I realize that not only am I being with all of my own growth and my own, um, you know, my own practicing, my own starting a business, but now I'm being with 11 other people's new growth and processing and for that. So I went into my coaching call basically after a weekend of just feeling really stressed and I turned off my phone and I basically just binged out in front of Netflix for like two days straight. Was aware of it, was aware that it wasn't the best way that I could have spent my weekend, but that it was just all I needed. But there was this level of like, this is what I need, but I also feel like I shouldn't be needing this. Like something's wrong with me. Maybe this isn't the right career for me. If I need this much downtime, like what am I doing wrong? And there's all of this, like I I made, I was judging myself. I made myself wrong for it. So when I brought that to my coaching call and said like, here's where I'm at, you know, and then we kind of uncovered like, well, I've got this whole belief that I'm actually doing something wrong. Like what if, I am just needing to really recharge. And this is what felt great to me at the time. And hey, what about the realization that not only am I being with my own growth and practices, but now I'm also being with so many other new people's like practices and growth. And I'm holding space for all that, which is you can only be with so much, right? And then like the more that you're with it, the more that that expands. So right now I'm just in a place where 
yeah, I can be with it, but maybe I need to also really go hard on my relaxing. And why am I also being so hard on myself for needing to recharge that way? So it was just kind of this like whole awareness of, and that's what I do when I'm coaching is I bring a lot of awareness to the table of like, okay, so my go-to would normally be to judge myself and to make myself wrong. And how, how can I be a better version of me? Or I can just notice what it is that I'm doing and ask myself, is it serving me? Or is there a better way that it could be serving me? Maybe this is just where I need to be right now. So it's a lot of Mm. awareness, a lot of acceptance and a lot of, um, it just brings a lot of peace to your relationship with yourself. And I think that's the biggest thing I've noticed in coaching clients is everybody feels like there's something wrong with them in the Mm. way that they're showing up in the world and the way they're showing up with themselves. And just kind of bringing that awareness that there is nothing wrong. I want to say too to listeners that like, um, so Krista was, you were my coach. And again, like, I love that Michelle had brought up at some point, like, you know, was this okay for you to talk about since this is your family and you were always very open with me of like, it's okay. I'm okay. It's helping me heal too. And there's been some really, because of your coaching um, style and the way that you work with your clients. So like me speaking as client right now as not, and not sister, like there was so many big revelations that I had in this healing journey working in our sessions together. And like, I mean, you helped me kind of uncover when I was just feeling uncomfortable in my body and we kind of discovered together through coaching that it was like, because I numbed out for so long, it wasn't safe to feel. Feelings were dangerous. Feelings meant that I would have an opinion. And if I had opinions, I was argumentative and I'd get in trouble for them, you know? And it's like, you helped me realize like, okay, your feelings are coming back. And like, you helped me reintegrate kind of into my own body and like into my feelings. So you're, I love you. I just wanted to say that because I really love your coaching style um, that you always ask. So anyone who's listening and wants to work with you, um, we'll put the website up again, like we did last week too, but on the Instagram and you have an Instagram too. And we'll share that too. But it was just amazing. It's amazing because your what style is the it's unbound And mm-hmm. then their Instagram is like unbound underscore women underscore. And then Krista has her own one. My at my soul coaching. I always just type in your name. I just put K, but you like I go to your Instagram all the time. So it always pops up. <laughs> but, but you're what you what you just said that was I kind of feel like that actually probably send it up then even better than I could um sorry I felt like I was rambling a little bit no I love um, it no it was I remember that one you came with the with the coaching request which is just a topic basically you came with how do I not feel uncomfortable anymore yeah I was feeling so uncomfortable and I didn't know why I was feeling uncomfortable I was like something's going on with me Yeah, Yeah, it was like something's wrong. I feel really, if I'm mad, I feel really mad. Or if I'm like, see something touching, I'm like bawling. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on with me. And you helped me through your coaching style. Trying to get the uncomfortable feelings to stop. It was, well, what are the uncomfortable feelings trying to show you? What is it trying to let you know? And we kind of got to the point of, it's not about trying to make them stop. It's about, oh, wow, you're actually reconnecting with yourself. And there's yes. a reason that you feel uncomfortable and because your boundaries are being crossed. Like that's huge. Yeah. 
And it's so it's it's a deeper level of just understanding yourself, how your emotions are working, how what what is your what is your body, your nervous system trying to tell you? And what do you want to do with that information? You know, it's interesting. And it's like I was so out of touch <laughs> with my body and with my feelings when I as I'm sure most of our listeners, if they've experienced abuse, you the both of you, I think all three of us on this call have experienced that where we're so numb we're so checked out we're so out of tune so and out of touch so that's again why I was so always amazed the two of you really did a lot of your healing on your own and I feel so fortunate that I've had both of you with me that's like what we said earlier wow this brings it so full full circle of you know, we've, we had a chance to really kind of heal and get to know ourselves. And we were able to share that with you when you were going through this at this point in your journey. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, not a one way street either. Laura, you build me up and make me feel confident. You are there when I'm feeling down, like it's a two way street. And it's, I think I told you, and this goes both ways, like same with you, Michelle, um, like the more that we've had conversations that have needed to like, you know, whether one of us needed support at the time, it always ends up being so, like you said, such a two way street of when I was, when I was helping you, Lara, like I was working through my own trauma by helping you and we were working through it together. And that is so powerful. It's really interesting. There was a couple of times that like when I was going through like the darkest days with my husband, like I would say ex-husband, soon to be ex-husband. There was a couple of times, you know, where both of you guys, I remember it like triggered some stuff for both of you guys with that, with him through your own healing. And I just, can we just like take a minute to say like all three of us have been impacted greatly by the same person but like we are all here together and we just have such this strong beautiful bond and love for each other so that's absolutely absolutely and like breaking cycles Mm -hmm. we're all breaking cycles within our families because this goes back for you know our parents parents and their parents and so that's the beautiful thing of, yeah. of breaking that cycle. Yeah. You two yeah. are just such powerful. I know all three of us are, but I just want to compliment you two right now. You two are just both such powerful, inspirational women. The the people listening to see us right now, but we're feeling all the feels at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I know. I the same way. You two have been such a gift in my life for where I'm at right now and who I am. And again, not to, I feel like we've been, um, you know, saying a lot about how hard it is to have an abuser, but at the same time, I'm really grateful for mine. And I know that that might be a controversial thing to say, because I know not everybody's situation is the same, but without mine, I wouldn't know my boundaries as strongly as I do, and I wouldn't know you too. Well, you know what, I think that's a testament one to your healing and two to how far you've come because I think I agree with you I I want to share a quick story that I was um I met one of my one of my friends in the park last night and we were like we had some drinks and a little picnic and she's also recently come out of an abusive um emotionally abusive long-term relationship and you know we just both had a moment where we both said the same thing like 
you get to the point where it's it's not so I think like what you're saying isn't that controversial because what you're saying is that this person was essentially a catalyst like you had a choice you could have continued on the cycle because that's what you know and that's what you were taught and you made the really courageous break all three of us here in this call made a courageous decision to say i don't want this in my life anymore and so in that aspect you're absolutely right somebody who people who were abusive to us we probably have gone through a lot more pain and Mm -hmm. you know people who have been abused and experienced trauma have gone through more pain but we've also use that pain instead of becoming abusive ourselves to go, I want to rise above it. I want to change. I want to learn from it. And I know my, my current soon to be ex-husband, it was so awful that it was the person that it was like, I'm not, how do I guarantee I will never go through this again? And the closest answer I've got is to heal yourself, change your beliefs. Well, and, and, so, I, and I really love what you said, Laura, because when I think about, healing it's 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 hard because you have to do the work and the work is not easy the work Mm -hmm. is very very hard because it brings up so much and it gets exhausting and and so i recognize that and i think you know some people um are in survival mode and they and they don't have that time to to really look at their healing um and so i know that that can come up but also I, I did become the total opposite of the spectrum because when my abusive stepfather died, you know, they say the oppressed becomes the oppressor. That's what happened because I was like, I'm never going to be hurt again. Nobody's going to fuck with me. Mm-hmm. Like I had this huge wall and I did become a bully because I was like not going to get hurt anymore. So I'm really glad you brought that up because I, I did make that choice. I was very angry, very depressed, very mean um because of what happened to me and then i started looking at myself looking at my behaviors just because that's how i protected myself is just protect myself from getting hurt that's so beautifully said and <coughs> such a big part of really like noticing what your emotions are saying right because you had some needs that weren't getting met and your your anger it protected you for quite some time it kept you safe and you needed mm-hmm. that probably for where you were at in your journey which goes and back to safe unsafe safe unsafe, unsafe. how do we be safe i have a question and- for you krista sorry I, i'm sorry to interrupt you I, I know we need to wrap up soon i really want to ask you for listeners if um Do you ever have clients that are like, or what would you say to somebody listening who maybe is like scared to do the work? Like, because we've been talking about how hard the work is like, and like, like, what would you say to somebody who's like, I really want to look at my pattern of behavior, but I, and myself or explore why I continue to find bad relationships or whatever. But like, what would you say to somebody who's listening, who is like, I'm scared to go on this journey of coaching, you know? Mm-hmm. I would definitely say um, if they're even a little bit curious on wanting to be on their journey of healing and that fear is coming into place, I feel like that means that they're on to something because that is their survival mechanism, most likely saying, no, this has kept us safe for as long as we know. And to do something differently, that threatens your survival mechanism. 
And so I, I would just say that if you're scared, I feel like it means that you're onto something. And that's really get, interesting. Yeah. To get to, to get the resources, to get support. If you, if you know somebody who would be a good therapist or a good coach for you to jump into that, because it's, it's helpful when you know that you're not alone and that this is normal. I want to say, I want to normalize it because I think a lot of the time we feel like we're not normal when we're going through yes. this and that we're alone. And you're not. If you're listening to this and you're wondering how to even go about this, just telling yourself that this is, you're not alone in it and that there's people that are not crazy. Not crazy. That's such a huge deal. There's a reason that you've been feeling this way. And it's amazing if there's even that awareness there that you're ready to heal from it yeah. and to pay attention to that. That's really amazing. I'm so glad that you said that. Um, I think that's so important. And can you speak really quickly too? Cause I know that this might come up for people and you just said something that triggered it in my mind of like, what's the difference of coaching versus therapy? Like when would somebody want a therapist versus like, when can somebody or should somebody use a coach or is it benefit? I found it very beneficial to use both a coach and a therapist. I'm just curious of your take on that. Yeah, I would, I would always recommend, um, I, I think both complement each other very well, depending on where the person is at. The big difference I would say between coaching and therapy, and this is something I discuss with my clients before we get going to just to make sure that that's on the table is a lot of the time therapy is very past focused on how everything is kind of led to where you're at right now in your present moments and coaching can dive into the past and we do. If there's something that needs, you know, that we might need to dip into just to understand where you're at a little bit more. But the main goal with coaching is to look at your present and how to get to where you want to be in the future and how to bridge that gap. So it is, they pair really well hand in hand because if you, like when you were getting it, um, you were diving into your past with your therapist and mm -hmm. learning a lot of things Um you know, like, like uh, Marie had mentioned, feeling safe and unsafe and kind of getting the knowledge behind a lot of these things. And I think that's cool because as things come up in your past, yeah. you can head over coaching and, and work on that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And, and then how, and then decide how do you want to implement that to move yourself forward? What are we mm -hmm. going to be doing for these next steps to move you forward now? Yeah. So they're really, really cool support systems hand in hand. Yeah. It's, I, love that you, how you put that because that that was very true and I know there were times in coaching we would talk about my past but you always helped me figure out how to get unstuck and how to you know what are steps to take to move forward unbound women yo yes <laughs> I do feel like this, exactly. is, this is important to add with coaching is that when you are going to a therapist that therapist is your expert that therapist is there to to guide you um, and maybe to to help run the session a little bit, right? And with coaching, the thing that's different is that we're kind of coming at this relationship as equals. Mm -hmm. So I'm not here to tell you what's best for your life or to be the expert on who you are. I'm just here to reflect what it is that I'm hearing and help kind of guide the conversation and move forward. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit of a different dynamic as well, too. I love that. I love that. Well, I think we're probably at a, a wrapping point. If anybody wants to share anything else, Michelle, um, our, our listeners know that Michelle is a comedian and she has a show tonight. 
which we're very Woo! proud of her and excited yeah. for her. I'm going to go watch her well, show in the front row, hopefully. Well, oh, really? What's great is it's a fundraiser. Yeah. It's a fundraiser for teachers, and we sold out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh my, I still have never seen you do comedy, and that is something that we need to um, remit very soon here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to wrap up with I know. thank yous. I just wanted to wrap up because with saying thank you so much for being on this podcast because, you know, I don't, I didn't know any of the, the healing work that you've done or like this, this shifted perspective of yourself because you and I go a long time without talking, but when we reconnect, it's like nothing, no time has passed. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, um, you guys are the OG sisters. We haven't really gotten, to, yeah, we haven't really gotten to talk about what you're doing and the stuff you're working on and where you're at. And it's just so mind blowing to me. I'm like, whoa, I, I didn't know any of this. And it's like, I, I kind of feel like yeah. I need to interject and say, I feel like a lot of that was, I remember we were connecting pretty well for a while there, but a lot of that happens because. I had, I had the brother in my ear telling me all of the reasons why I shouldn't. And I was trying to be a good sister. Mm -hmm. And so I really want to, that's actually something I've thought about for a long time now. Um, and I hope it's okay that I'm saying this right now, but I just really want to apologize for anything on my end that might've let us get a little bit more disconnected. Cause I knew that that was something I was also working through was trying to figure out how to be, how to make everybody happy around me. Right. When instead I've recognized that oh my gosh, like you have always been one of my favorite humans in life and not anything that anybody could ever say could ever change that. Thank you. That's really beautiful. And I, I appreciate it. I, I, I never thought of it as like, she owes me an apology because, you know, we all kind of drift in and out of each other's lives. And I, I don't think that's a common with friends. So um, that's, it's okay that that happened. Um, Cause and we get busy, you know, I'm busy, you're busy. Um, but the best, the, the biggest thing through this whole thing is just like, holy shit, you're at an entirely new level, entirely new level. And like, I can't even <laughs> say how fucking amazing that is. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God, holy shit. Yeah. So thank you for being That's here. gotta be so powerful <laughs> for you. Cause I didn't realize that Krista was only 13 when you met her. So that's got to be yeah. crazy because you've I watched took her, her go first day of high school. Oh she was my so scared. God. Oh, I'm so no happy way. to have you there for that. Yeah, that was And I took you to your hiking because your brother like made you not like hiking. Remember Safe Rock? Safety Rock? Yep. Oh my gosh. I actually still say that to this day. I was guiding somebody up um, a little rocky steep when we were coming up and I said, you got to grab your safety rock. You got to grab your, what is it? Your handholdy safety rock. And I was yes. like, just find it. And I always say that even to this day. Isn't that, it's, <laughs> oh so God, that's amazing. it's so interesting that like the women that have been in this, in your brother's life are just incredible. And I, I wanted to say again, like how powerful we came together and, there's a he's got another one in there who she probably won't come on the podcast, but it's his son's mother who's also a gem and also one of my dearest friends, and she's just as beautiful. And it's just really interesting. He's he's had this beautiful group of women, including you, Krista, his sister. And it's like I'm so grateful that we've all 
come together to help each other heal, you know, and heal from the trauma and the, the, just the, all the things, you know, and, um, yeah, I'm just so honored that you came on the show today and I'm so grateful and we were so excited to have you on and you're just such a blessing. <sighs> you're just a oh. wonderful human. So thank you. That's I'm feeling all the feels right now. And I, I'm so incredibly grateful. I, I can't even say it enough. You two have completely changed my life and who I am. And I, I don't think I'd be the person I am today without having the both of you in my life. So I'm just well, really grateful. Sisters. To we're soul sisters. And it, and it, and it goes to say that, you know, this, that pow the power of community yeah. and how important that is. And also like, I was taught, I mean, the way I lived, I used to hate women when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I was jealous because I wasn't in a good place. I wasn't a healthy person, but also that a lot of our culture tells us to compete with one another mm -hmm. and hate on one another. So being able to be a community of women supporting and building each other up instead of tearing each other down, because that's what we learn through our culture and the media is so powerful, whether it's me, us three or another three women that are out there supporting each other, whatever that looks like to come together and be like, no, I'm changing that narrative. Yep. That's I'm so be beautifully said. That's so beautifully said. And I, I just want to say quickly too, that to any of our listeners, like, we have a unique situation and that we're all bound together from one common person, but like any, which I think is prob probably not that common. So anyone who's listening, we have each other, but it, I would just encourage anyone who's listening, go to your community. You have this in your, and if you are isolated, if you're listening and you're in an abusive situation and you're isolated, Michelle will share the number as we always do the girl that I was in the park with last night was so isolated in her abusive relationship. She didn't have friends at some point. And the only community she had or people she had to talk to was the, the domestic violence hotline. And so we urge you reach out to family and friends. And if you don't have family and friends to reach out to call the domestic violence hotline and talk to somebody. Yeah, there. Absolutely. I like how I'm, I'm listening and eating at the same time. <laughs> I'm really good at multitasking. So the number for the domestic, the national domestic violence hotline is 1-800-799-SAFE. Uh, that's 1-800-799-SAFE. And the last safe, the number is for safe for 7233. Also, you can chat live. You can text them to 1-800-799-SAFE. And you just text start. Mm -hmm. They also have a way that you can leave the site safely and quickly if you're still in the abusive relationship and they walk in. So it, they set it up in a way that's safer. Yeah. And listeners, I hope you're still enjoying the show. We've been so lucky to have people have the willingness to want to come on and share their story and, and help others. And so just acknowledging um, how, how grateful I am for the people that come on and talk about very painful Yeah, this is difficult. And stuff, stuff is a terrible word. It's bigger than that. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, it's difficult. It's I, difficult. But we just want to just thank you. Thank you, Krista. I just want to say again to um, anyone listening, again, we'll post it, but check out unboundwomen.us. You're on Instagram. You're on TikTok. Krista, you have your own um, 
Instagram for your coaching. And it's, I highly, highly recommend working with not just Unbound Women, but also with you as a private coach. So Mm -hmm. listeners are welcome to message Krista if you want to share your contact, if you're comfortable with that. You can always email us at waywardwomenpodcast at gmail.com if you want to get more information on working with Krista or Unbound Women. So I don't know if you want to share your your sites. Yeah, so um, you can find me on Instagram at Krista Kinslow underscore soul coach and that's spelled s-o-l for soul mm-hmm. um so yeah krista kinslow underscore soul coach s-o-l-c-o-a-c-h and if there's one thing that i can add before i get out of here with you we are in an abusive situation if you are trying to get out of it or just trying to get some more resources or awareness around it and are in a healing journey of some fashion, the biggest thing that I feel like I need to add is just to be gentle with yourself. Just be gentle, be be graceful, and just know that any way that you are right now, it makes sense. And there's something that you've done to protect yourself. And so just to be gentle with yourself through this process, because it's it might be hard. It might be. I will just say quickly too, you told me that so many times, especially when I before I left and when I, I can't tell you how many t- hours we spent on the phone where I was just sobbing and you would just tell me be gentle because I was the messages were so ingrained of guilt and shame and you know hurt I'm hurting somebody by leaving and you always would tell me that I think about that all the time when you would just say be gentle with yourself sister <laughs> okay right <laughs> thank you so thank important. you for saying that we're, it's so ingrained to not be gentle with ourselves but to be critical and. Mm-hmm you know, have that inner voice just completely destroy us sometimes. And so if there's anything along with this journey of just, even if you don't know why it is that you are the way you are or what kind of PTSD you might have or anything along those lines, something that you don't understand just to be gentle. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And we will, when we post up the podcast, we will put in the information, all of your information so people can reach out to you. And um, we just want to remind listeners, we please, if you feel moved to share our podcast, please share it with anyone you think could benefit from it. Please, if you feel moved, give us a good rating. It helps us actually reach more people because if we get five-star ratings and reviews, then, you know, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Anchor and Spotify, they push us out to more audience, which just helps us reach more people with our guests and with our message. So, we greatly appreciate appreciate that, and um, we will close as always. Krista, we love you. Love you, and Thank we will you. say Thank you are you. not crazy. Not, a, not crazy, and you are not alone. Not alone. <laughs> I'm laughing because I tried to do it in sync with you. Didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs>